What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Culture of Ignorance podcast. I'm Dr. Culture, aka Raymond McCarthy. I'm here with my co-host, George. And today we're going to talk about when, if ever, is it worth it to sacrifice the present for the future? Now, and, and George and I were talking about this a little bit beforehand, where, you know, when it, especially when it comes to finances, like it's very easy for us all to be like, hey, live in the now. And, uh, just so yeah, you know, yeah. sort of like hedonistically go after pleasure uh, in the moment. And many people confuse being present with where's my pleasure right now. But um, I think that that's one of the factors that can maybe help us distinguish it. Uh, yeah. Um, and like, I can compare like just the, the concept of sacrificing the present, you know, for the future, uh, I've been feeling that way kind of with crypto, you know, um, just investing in cryptocurrencies, because again, it's, it's, it's like you're taking a chance on the future. I mean, cause again, like, you know, we've heard the stories, you know, where it's just like Bitcoin came out and everybody's like, what the hell is this? Why would I invest in this? This sounds stupid. And then, you know, a uh, couple and then like, you know, um, 10 years later, roughly 10 years later, uh, the shit's worth, you know, $30,000 per Bitcoin. And the people that had the foresight to sacrifice and like, you know, I'm going to go ahead and invest in this despite, you know, uh, the possibility of losing a lot of money, despite uh, maybe getting like a little bit of like ridicule or laughed at. Because I remember uh, Warren Buffett thought cryptocurrency was like kind of just a fad. It was kind of ridiculous. By the way, he said this while he was invested heavily in Wells Fargo, particularly um, the, you know, they use XRP, they use cryptocurrency for international exchanges. So Warren Buffett was invested in cryptocurrency while he was telling others not to invest. But yeah, I thought that was important to add. I actually did not know that. That's, 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 that's interesting. Uh but yeah, man, uh, that's, that's kind of like the way I see it. And like, you know, it's, it's it's like, to me, it's like, you know, laying the bricks for a house and then wondering, am I going to be able to live in this house in the future and enjoy it? You know, am I, am I even going to get to that point? Because again, like, you know, there is a very much, you know, in the now type idea, even it goes back even to, you know, when Drake <laughs> was saying YOLO, you know, yeah. it's like, you only live once. So, you know, do, what you want to do now and enjoy, you know, the now, because, you know, I mean, it is true. Technically tomorrow isn't really promised to anybody, but at the same time, it's just like, you have to, you have to kind of juggle and kind of like, you know, or, or weigh your options and kind of just be like, you know, is it worth it to really sit down and really work on this 10 year, you know, law degree or 10 year, you know, doctorate, you know, and, you know, see if there, I can reap the benefits that come from that, or you know, it, is it more worth you know trying to live in the now and uh, you know try to just enjoy life for what it is in the moment? Yeah, I think I think that's that's huge because 
you know, we could say like, yeah, let's be present. And then like I was saying, like, and then just get completely enveloped in drugs or immediate satisfaction or what have you. But then there's this idea of delayed gratification being a microcosm for the whole idea of sacrificing the present for the future. So let's take cryptocurrency, for example. When I was in high school, dude, um, I had these two friends who wanted to get me in on Bitcoin and Dogecoin in 2013, 2014. And I think Bitcoin at the time, Dogecoin was like beyond less than a cent. And uh, Bitcoin at the time was like, it couldn't have been more than a hundred bucks. But the thing was that um, I was underage. Um, This was early on. And uh, they got in on it. They got fake IDs and got some Bitcoin at some sort of ATM deal. I was asking uh, my mom to use her ID or whatever at the time. And I'm 100% sure this was before Coinbase too. Forget the exact year. But I was was in high school with my two buddies, Daniel and... (laughs) And I won't say the other one's name because he actually took his... uh, he actually took his Bitcoin earnings and made himself a fortune. And the kid Daniel, mm. I'll call him B. The kid Daniel, Daniel invested it. And uh, now I see him on YouTube ads going like, here's how I made all this money from Bitcoin. Uh, join my pyramid scheme now. <laughs> Essentially, he's one of those uh, people now. So, yeah, yeah. Is he showing off his Lamborghini? And- <laughs> yeah, his, uh, exactly. His, um, his opening line, I don't know if you guys have heard of this. If, if, if you were at home and seen it, it was all over for a while. It was this ad of like, uh, when I when I when my mom first saw me come home with this much money, she thought I was doing drugs. <sighs> and and um, homie Daniel is, yeah, I mean, the dude's awesome. But like, yeah, he did. He went down that path. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of the boys. But it's like, oh my gosh, if I had gotten in, if I had just, you know, done yeah, something, yeah, I could yeah. have sacrificed that present moment, you know, because ultimately, yeah, my, you know, at the time I was asking my mom or whatever, but it's like, I could have figured out a way if I really wanted it. Right. But was it really worth it to sacrifice? I don't know, playing basketball at the time or whatever, um, to, to, to get some Bitcoin in my hands. And now hindsight is 2020. Of course it was, of course we all should have bought Bitcoin. Oh my God, we should have gotten in. But something was telling us, eh, internet money, eh, yeah, I don't know. And that's where I think research can set you up real well for the future. And I think it's part of why we've intrinsically formed our society to be self-educating and to prioritize the future, at least in some regard. Because, yeah, obviously the wheels completely fall off if we're not sacrificing the pleasures well, of the present for the leadership if- of the future. But yeah, yeah. If you think about it, like um, I think the 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 not I wouldn't say distrust, but the wariness about Bitcoin from people, I think that had to do with just the state of the internet at the time. Because if you think about it, um, the internet was really like I mean, it, it still is the wild west, but it's more tamed now than it used to be. Uh, the internet was just really all over the place, like you know in uh, around like, you know, 2013 or 2010s, um, because it was just, there was just so much that went on during that period, like in regards to what could and could not make money. It was before like, you know, really, uh, YouTube started cracking down on like what was advertiser friendly, 
Um, right, right. Uh, people, I mean, all, all social media platforms have taken more of the reins of web traffic. So yeah, compared to the wild west, the golden age of YouTube, early 2010s, it's certainly more controlled now. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's like with Bitcoin, it's like, okay, I could definitely see people saying like, you know, oh, that's internet money. That doesn't make any sense because I, I saw a lot of people kind of just, you know, myself included kind of like, you know, kind of shrug and kind of like, you know, kind of like scoff at the idea of like, oh, you play games on, on, you play games for a living and you like just upload your gameplay footage. I'm like, who's going to want to watch you play a video game? And then people like PewDiePie blow up and uh, Twitch becomes this huge multi-million dollar entity and like streamers generate literally millions of dollars in advertising and um merchandise and uh sponsorship revenue and that that was something that just unprecedented because nobody really could just you, you it was hard to again hindsight is twenty twenty but like at the time it's just like oh you're just you know i for you know not to be an asshole but it's like you're just some loser online playing games and it's like no that's not like an actual job there's like an elitism that comes with it you know oh being an influencer isn't an actual job being a youtuber isn't an actual job get a real job is that type of mentality and that where people didn't see these things as very valuable or, or or something that can generate money every new entertainment form starts that way too the same thing happened all the way going all the way back to um performances with you know odysseus like going all the way back to thespis and 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 the theater right um these new forms of they're they're always there's there's this historical criticism of entertainment of not being a real job but then lo and behold you like you said you don't know what tomorrow holds like um i think i think if we're able to and and the thing is with the video gamers it's like they didn't even sacrifice present pleasure it's an interesting thing, man, to, to win by doing what you love. You know what I mean? It wasn't right, right. only a sacrifice of pleasure. If you're making, if you're making a living doing I, I, video games, essentially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, what, what I find interesting too is, you know, it's, um, I think what happened, I think it, it's actually, you know, with, with 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 people that try to be themselves and try to make their own content, I think they go through like a, a sort of identity crisis where it's like, okay, um, I'm uploading this material, I'm making good money from it, and you know, I'm being myself. But then it becomes it becomes a job, so to speak. It's just like, okay, you have this upload schedule, you have uh, contracts with these sponsors. And now you have to fulfill all these, you know, obligations. And like, yeah, it's like, you know, oh, your last video didn't earn as much, you know, uh, earn as many views as the last one. And now, you know, your own audience is talking about how you fell off and stuff like that. And something that like was initially a hobby got, in a sense, ruined by becoming commercially viable. I think, you know, in a way, you know, when YouTubers started, and I, I'm not saying like nobody deserves doesn't deserve to make money. I'm that's not that's what I'm, not what I'm implying. I'm saying that I think when a lot of YouTubers started making money, especially the uh, political YouTubers, you know, when they started making money, it became about just chasing the dollar. Uh, it it was like people were starting to sacrifice 
their actual opinions on things. And I think this has, I think honestly, that's partially responsible for where we are regarding political discourse in this country at this point, at least in the United States, because um, there was just so, it was so beneficial to say, to, to have a certain stance on certain platforms. Like if, you know, if you're left leaning on Twitter, you're pretty much, you know, in, in the green, if you're, it, 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 it used to be if you were right leaning on YouTube, then you were in the green. And like it, it kind of just like there's different platforms for where people could kind of just like you know express you know these political views and like benefit monetarily from it, and because they were benefiting monetarily from it, it's just like okay, well I have to keep saying this, I have to stay in line with what my audience wants because you know that's where the money comes from. Exactly. I I got this comment. I just recently got my first sponsors and I posted this sponsored TikTok and I got this comment. It was pretty funny. It was like, imagine posting an ad. That's an instant unfollow. And um so and I think he was I think he was genuine about it too. I think he was genuinely upset um that one of his uh creators sort of one of the people he followed is, you know, posting sponsored videos. And I um I thought about that for a second and I and I realized kind of like what you were talking about at what point now, because this could be, I could just laugh this off as like nothing, but I think this represents, even if it's only one comment right now, it represents this sort of microcosm of the effect of selling your soul. At what point do you draw the line? You see what I'm saying? And it's not only just for yourself, it's for your impact on the world, sacrificing pleasure of the now for the future. At what point I thought to myself, at what point does doing things that'll get more money, like posting sponsored videos or whatever, um, impede on having fun? At what point does it now become a job where I see it as a chore to do? And I'm, and am I supposed to see it that way almost? Because it's almost like a rite of passage. Um, when I speak to content creators, it's almost like a rite of passage when uh, I got to do this thing for it. You know, I, I got to, you know, I'm telling my girl constantly, man, like I can't, I can't right now. I got to, I got to do this thing for the thing. And this is, this all started at a place where it was just a fun little thing on the side. But deep down, I know that this is what I would want to do for a living. I'm okay sacrificing the present if this whole thing ends up working out. Now, the risk you run with sacrificing the present for the future is what if the future doesn't work out? You know, assuming, you know, you lay down all those bricks and that, uh, you know, by the time you're done, the bricks aren't lightning resistant or whatever. And then your whole house comes crashing down. Assuming, you know, I don't get kicked off of every platform or whatever. I think that's a massive fear of people too. It's like, at any moment, someone else has the reins of your income. At any moment, someone at TikTok could be like, get him off and he's done. And I think, you know, we take for granted that that's everyone. Everyone has a boss to a degree. Everyone has someone for, from which if they're getting something, there's a, you know, transactionally, financially, there's exactly that happening there, a transaction, a trade of some kind. And with that comes responsibility. I think that's a huge element that factors into whether or not something is worth sacrificing. Do you have a responsibility to sacrifice it? 
And I think if you find something worth doing and you think consciously, you know, this is worth doing despite my every urge to not do it, I know deep down consciously in my gut that this is the right thing to do. Maybe it is. You know, I, I, I almost wanted to say then it is, but I'm still wrestling with that myself. You know, I think that's why I wanted to talk about it here is because I have these anecdotes. I have these examples. I have knowledge of sort of how people throughout history have sacrificed themselves for what they believed was the greater good, but was it worth it? I don't know. So, so let me ask you a question. Cause okay. So in, so, so you did a sponsored, you did a sponsored video, correct? And mm. a, and pretty much a, a, one of your, your, your fans pretty much was disappointed from what I understand. Is that right? Yeah. A hundred percent. And okay. So with this fan being, okay. So if, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, go, I'm gonna go ahead and like, you know, just speak from, you know, the point of view of a person that, you know, has, you know, I, I've, I've had experience with this before too. You know, I had a different partner. I, I think I told you, you know, off, you know, off the record, how that went, <laughs> uh, you know, how, you know, how your boy got fucked over, but I like guess anyway, uh, like, okay. So like when I was like doing, you know, something else, you know, other than, you know, the culture of ignorance stuff, uh, it was, you, you had those people that, you know, would come out and that would say things like that, you know, that, okay. Um, you've lost my respect because you you're taking a paycheck or you're financially benefiting from that because it, 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 in a way I can understand it, you know, because money corrupts, you know, in a way, I mean, in, in a sense, like, it, but at the same time, money is, the crux of our civilization. I mean, like you need money in order to survive. Like you need in order you need to generate some type of like, you know, income in order to pay your bills. And like what even baff- deeper than that, bro, even if there weren't any money, you would still need to provide for your tribe, if you will, or that if the tribe doesn't see you as necessary to keep around, they're not exactly on the exactly. Trail or whatever. Yeah. And that baffles me is that, you know, what you know, I mean <laughs> it's like these same people, right? Okay. These same people that make these type of comments that say, Oh man, I'm disappointed. Why'd you have to do an ad? But I mean, like they'll go, they'll take the ass to like, you know, Avengers in game. Right. And they'll watch 15 minutes worth of ads right before the movie. Don't say shit. They, they won't say shit about it. You know, uh, they'll watch, you know, uh TV on re- like re- regular cable. It was customary to right, absorb ads supposed to oh it's the big companies like yeah you're supposed to exactly so it's fundamentally anti little guy it's fundamentally anti exactly to be like exactly oh, companies do it i don't mind oh but an individual do it i thought you were better than that i think it goes back to this whole idea of for many people and i don't i don't look this one commenter i'll leave him aside i mainly wanted to use the example to sort of open up this uh topic but there then there's also this element of like you know, when I found the band, the script, I thought I was the coolest in the world because I'm like, I knew them before they were famous. I knew them before they released hall of fame or whatever. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, there's this like hipster element to it where it's like, you almost like, it's almost like with a relationship, you almost feel like you have a somewhat of an ownership over it. You almost feel like you have like, Hey, you know, I'm, 
I'm entitled to you producing the content that I, that I came here for, you know, which was, you know, you not doing ads. Right. And so I, I forgive that to a degree, you know, I forgive that to a degree, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's especially important to point out that it's exactly that, man. It's, it's, it's anti little guy. It's anti individual because though, I mean, yeah, man, going, I mean, it is, it's even down like to, you know, the culture of ignorance, YouTube channel, like, you know, there's a handful of videos up, but like, I think on like almost every one, there's somebody saying that this channel deserves like more views and stuff like that. And I'm like, Oh, that's cool. But you know, and you know, I'm not, it, it would be appreciative if like you could at least share it with people that you know, you know? Yeah. Um, and it becomes like that type of thing to where, you know, well, I don't want to share it. You know, it's like, I mean, I mean, cause they like, think about it. Like how, how often do people like go around sharing things like th- that they like, you know, that, that they actually like, you know, thoroughly enjoy and they find like intellectually impressive. Right. I mean, I, I get sent memes every fucking day by everybody that I know. I don't get sent video essays. I don't get sent documentaries. I don't get sent, you know, uh, I mean, like, unless it's like, you know, a friend that like, you know, I personally, like we send this stuff back and forth to each other. I don't get sent like podcasts discussing conspiracy theories or like, you know, discussing, you know, philosophical concepts. I get sent, you know, the memes, you know, I'll I'll send you UFO stuff in a hot minute, but yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like, dude, I I think that's exactly it. I pay real close attention to like what gets shared and what doesn't. And uh, when I post something, cause it, it gives you the analytics on that. And I think there's this idea of like, if, if sharing it brings them something to their personal emotional lives, like if it, if like, for example, something being funny, people, from what I've noticed, don't necessarily share it because it's funny. They share it because they're hoping the person they send it to finds it funny and thus can develop a connection with them. I'm not sure if they consciously think it out that much, but usually after I send a meme, it's when I have this and and I analyze it. It's only looking back that I can break down why something occurred in the first place. And I think establishing relationships in a very separated society, you know, coming out of well, coming out of these lockdowns like we have been, that thing, that sort of idea only increases. Well, like, um, like we talked about before in the last, you know, episode, you know, about, you know, relatability. Uh, whenever I said memes or someone sends me memes, it's you, I usually like might follow up with like, this reminds me of you or this reminds me of so-and-so. Being and, a, you yeah, know, and relationship. Yeah. That you know, again, it, it's like, it's either strengthening or just solidifying that connection that you have with that person, you know? Right. And it's just like, you're, you're sending it to you send them in a sense for them to laugh, but also to let them know in a sense that, Hey, I'm thinking about you. And like, you know, I, I understand like your personality traits or whatever. And, you know, in th- you know, these memes are very easy in like easy to consume and easy to produce. And it, it, it doesn't require a whole lot of effort. Like, you know, instead of like having to sit and listen to an hour long podcast of two idiots, you know, talk about TikTok, <laughs> you know, I mean, you can just read, you know, a two sentence meme with a picture and it's like, oh, I get that, you know, mm-hmm. and 
you know, it, 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 I think that's one of the reasons why TikTok is as big as it is because it, it's it's taking up less and less people's time. I, if that, I mean, Vine, I mean, uh, TikTok is pretty much just a more long form long form version of Vine. It pretty much figured out that people will watch something for about thirty seconds to a minute, and that's about it. You know, but you just you just opened up the sort of Pandora's box of of, of attention consumption in general, which is TikTok taking a close look and going, well, seven seconds isn't, it's a, it's a bit limiting. There's something there to this whole idea of quick videos that you can scroll through, but it's too limiting. And I think there's a reason that things like the Joe Rogan podcast are so popular. There's a reason why, you know, our podcast is pretty sick if I do say so myself. And that's because there's, <laughs> there's also this idea that long form, uh, stuff that you can either put on in the background or listen to your way on, listen on the way somewhere. Um, it's almost like we fill in the canvas of the background of someone folding laundry per se. And I think with this whole idea of like, Hey, is it worth it to spend your time to do, you know, hours on a podcast or whatever? I think it is because it's one of the few opportunities we have left in entertainment that can be shared to dive deeper than the meme into a concept. You know what I mean? Dive deeper than the quick video into a concept. And I think with the rapid influx of short form content and rapid absorbability and instant gratification comes that this societal craving for um, intellectual stimulation, even if it's from two idiots going back and forth. If anything, the king has more to learn from the fool. And I think with, with that being said, comes this idea where <laughs> you, you can sacrifice anything, really, anything at all in your life that you find even the most comfortable thing that you find in this moment that brings you what you think you need in the present moment for something that you can have an impact on the world that you would live to regret. And I think that's a lot, what a lot of people are going back and forth between. Should I live with the pain of the discipline of putting off now for later, or should I deal with the pain of the regret of not having done it? Because right. there's more than one person I know out here in LA who lived the party life, who did their thing, who, Hey, I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be an actress. And it is no surprise to me that they end up 30, 40, 50 years old and miserable because it caught up with them. The lack of sacrifice for the now, for the future, left them with the pain of regret. And I think it stings them worse than the sting of, I don't know if it's worse though, because I have the sting of loneliness. I have the sting of, you know, like working hard on something on my computer for a video or whatever and what have you and thinking, damn, I wish I could just go hang out with people right now, party. I just, you know, I have a craving, but it's wait, like, wait, wait. So, okay. Mm. Like just to, just to clarify that. So like you, you've, you've had friends that have like, they, they, like they thoroughly pursued an acting career. 100%. And they regret it. Yes. Gotcha. Because I mean, because uh, that, that would make sense. Because they did it. So, like, I'm guessing these acting careers didn't necessarily pan out. So they, it'll be one of those situations where it's like, 
oh, we did this at one point and I, I was a side character in this. And oh, if you watch Friends episodes, you know, seven. <laughs> gotcha. It, it became one of those situations. And it's like, I don't, you know, I'm not, and I'm not even necessarily saying that to, to, to clown them as much because I, I sort of live that, right? It's like, oh, hey, I'm doing an entertainment thing myself. Hey, I'm on TikTok or whatever. It's not like a, it's like, it's not, a, it's not like a, it's not like a haha that, that, uh, that didn't work. Although it, although it is pretty funny. Um, I, I think the bigger idea though, is that they sacrificed, they did what they thought would be worth it in the long run. And I think the entitlement for some of them self-admittedly killed them during it. And I mm. think there we can introduce another fa- factor. It's um, you're not owed tomorrow per se, right? Yeah. So, and you're also not owed you're not owed the things that you, you're not owed, you know, the bricks, the house you build, you're not owed it standing up. All you can do is your best. So when I look at these careers that didn't pan out, I think if the same thing, the same exact thing could happen to me, even if I do all the things that they didn't do, the same thing could happen to me in my own version, because think of this, think of the long game. What actual impact do I want to have on the world, on life, on humanity, on potentially other species and beings that might be with us here now that we've, you know, sort of broached the UFO topic? Um, and it gets jumbled into an existential crisis. And uh, 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 within that emerges uh, uh, something simpler, usually a gut feeling. This will be right. I believe if I can move the boulder of what I want to do to the world of the change that I want to have just a little bit, it's worth doing. Um, then maybe it is, but who knows who's to say that I won't be that person in 50 years from now who looks back at it all and says, well, that didn't work out. If it does happen that way, then maybe it's still worth it because it can show someone else just like these other actors are showing me right now. If you, pursuing the journey is worth it. Even if you don't make it because you will show those who come after you where you died. Think of it like the climb to Mount Everest. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's, oh my gosh, don't go over there. Why? Because I see bodies piled up over there. And I don't think if we cross this Rubicon, uh, that we're going to be able to survive the trek up. Okay. I think we learned maybe your failure today because you, you're sacrificing for something greater could be the education for someone tomorrow to actually fulfill your goal. Yeah. And um, I, I'm thinking like too, uh, with just goals, you know, um, it's good to have a goal, but I think what I'm learning is like, I, I'm starting to like really try to just diversify, you know, what, you know, I'm, I'm doing, you know, that's why, you know, we're doing the podcast and like, there's a YouTube channel. And uh, I still need to get the TikTok going. And like, I feel like that's, you know, just having like, you know, your just having as many pots boiling as possible. It, it's it's going to be hard to juggle them, you know, but the more, you know, the, the more, in my opinion, the more of a chance you have something coming in through fruition, because if with acting, for example, like um, I would want to just be an actor you know i mean if you're not you find yourself not getting any roles maybe like you know you should probably create your own role i mean there are there are artsy films that are like less than two three minutes long and they showcase what an actor can do you know and i've seen 
people, you know, be able to get roles, gigs from, you know, basically creating their own, uh, their own showcase, their own reels, you know, and same thing with music. I mean, I have a friend that, you know, he's, he, he was hell bent on just being a rapper. Right. And yeah. for the most part, like locally, he did make a name for himself, like, but he never really escaped like anything really beyond the state. Right. So right. he started dabbling into music production and, uh, and, and, you know, he, he actually made a decent amount of money, like producing other people's, you know, content. And like, is that what he wants to do with like his soul? I don't, I, I not, maybe not, but it's something, it's something that's so close to what he loves that I feel like, you know, that's, we're talking about sacrifices. It's a sacrifice that he made in the moment. And like, you know, he was able to, use this talent that he had for like music production and what have you to get back on his feet. And then he started producing some more of his, you know, uh, independent albums. And like, he, he's still chasing, he's still chasing the dream, but I think he's come to a, a ability where he, he knows how he, he knows how to balance what, you know, he's doing. If that makes sense, you know, yeah. he's able to, uh, both pursue and like benefit from, uh, his goals at the same time, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. I have a friend in a very similar situation. He was the high school rapper and now he's the producer who graduated college and he's, you know, he's paying his bills, he's doing his thing. And I think one of the huge turning points, one of the huge cruxes that saved him was noticing, holy crap, this didn't work. Like at a certain point when you have that, oh shit, dude, I, this dream is not going to pan out quite the way in the exact way that I saw. I think this is the really important thing to understand is that it's not necessarily that old adage of putting all your eggs in one basket, but when an egg in the basket cracks, why did it? I think what my homie Nick did is he, um, he saw the egg crack. He was like, dude, this is, this is not working and was able to, sort of swallow his pride and uh, and change directions. He's still carrying the same basket, right? He's still doing what he loves, which is music production, but that's exactly it, man. He moved on from this idea that oh, it's got to be just rap. You know, just like with me, I actually learned a similar thing myself in acting. I auditioned for this show called Players on Fox. And I auditioned for the role of Joe or Joel, and it was—I thought it was perfect for me. It's like this this dude who is obsessed with the art um, of acting. Uh, that that's the role of this character, and everyone in this show—they they all do um, you know acting stuff. They're in this production together, and this. But the thing is, this guy Joe or Joel—he's the only one with an actual legitimate theater background. The rest of them are influencers or they came from porn or they came from X, Y, and Z. That's not as quite professional of the craft like Joe likes to say. And I loved getting into this role. One, because I feel that, but two, because it's like, I don't know, there was there was a drive there for one reason or another. But when I got those callbacks and coming in again and again and seeing that casting director tell me, hey, take this material home. I really like you. I want you to get the part. I want you to read this material. And so when you come back, you already have it down here. And um, I never got the call back. I never got anything back. Um, 
it was my manager told me something like it was canceled or something along the lines of something. Mm. But what I remember is working my butt off in order to get it and then just having it all taken away in an instant. Now, in my mind, I go, was all that work for nothing? No, but I did see that that egg in that basket had cracked at that moment. And that allowed me to readjust. If I can, if here's the thing too, if you can, if you can genuinely admit where something didn't work out like you wanted it to, if you can genuinely take an L, it'll set you up so much better for taking the W's. Look at, um, look at Kobe's like statistics. He has some like, he has a remarkable amount of misses. Same with Russell Westbrook, remarkable number of misses. And I think it's, it's no coincidence that these players with the greatest amount of misses of all time are some of the most legendary because they were willing to take an L. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's these like, you know, I think what was it? Uh, shit. Let me just, uh, look it up just to be sure. Uh, but, uh, I think uh, there was like with famous authors, uh, you you hear about how many times their novel was rejected, um, and like oh, pretty well, much. Look at J.K. Rowling. What what was it like? Thirty seven companies rejected her. I, from what I understand, I think it was officially rejected around like twelve times, but I I personally believe it was more than that because uh, she I think. Like she was on welfare at the time. Um, and uh, the only reason I think that it became published is because a kid, uh, one of the publisher's kids, read the book and liked it so much. You know, they was like, hey, you need to make this into something. And then he's just like, okay, I guess, you know, and then like, and it, it blew up. And it's just like, uh, it's, it's just really intriguing to me to hear, like, 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 like nostalgia, for example. I was watching. Um, I was I was I was on a Weird Al kick, you know. I was watching a lot of Weird Al music videos, and I was watching White and Nerdy, and like I never noticed that Key and Pell were it was in that music video. Uh, they were the two uh black dudes that you know uh, Al was trying to befriend in the uh, music video, and I'm just like I, you know, years ago when this first came out, I had no idea who those guys were, you know, um. And the same thing like Kevin Hart, you know, you can look at a lot. Kevin Hart, they talk about how he's a workaholic. Now, Kevin Hart was in a lot of shit before he got famous. You know, he he did a lot of small parts and like, he did a lot of you know, like minor roles and stuff like that. And, you know, going back and rewatching like these old movies and then I'm like, you know, you, you see him everywhere a little bit. Um, and I think that just pertains to like what you're talking about, like the sacrifices, like, you know, how bad it's like, you know, you, at some point you have to realize when something isn't working and when something isn't going to go anywhere. But at the same time, you got to understand like how bad you want something, you know, um, yeah. how I, I mean, cause I mean, the bag is out there. Like we talked about it before, like there, there's there, the bag is out there. The bag is big enough for almost everybody. It's just a matter of how you obtain the bag. Me personally, I don't care how I obtain the bag. If I gotta fight Logan Paul, I'll I'll do it. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> Where do you draw the line? 
I, I, I mean, it's twenty dollars, right? <laughs> like you know, uh, it's 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 a uh, to me, it's like you know, it, it, it has a lot to do with like you know, not just the uh, ego, but like determination, because uh, it's a lot of people just naturally. I think ego hurts determination. I think ego hurts what a person puts forth regarding their skill because like you know you have these people that do think oh yeah I'm, I'm destined to be an actor i'm destined to be a rapper and stuff like that so it's like you know but i mean i've seen some rappers that are just i mean like have you ever heard uh domo genesis um from yes. odd future he is one of the hungriest rappers i've ever heard um and like you know he and like it's like it's like he he wants it you know he wants what, you know, Tyler has. He wants what Earl has in regards of recognition for his craft and talent, you know? And all you can do is respect something like that. All you can do is respect a type of energy that, you know, that that person puts forth. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with it, too, um, because it's just like, you know, um, like, uh, for example, uh, what was this? Uh, hang on. Like, uh Stephanie Meyer, I mean, Twilight was, like, kind of shitty anyway, but it got rejected, like, you know, 15 times uh, before, like, you know, she, before she, whether or not they think it's artistically uh, shitty or not, it's, it's out of the question insofar as their incentive, which is, is this going to make money? And they were wrong. The rejectors, you know what I'm saying? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Like, um, it's because that's, that's one of the biggest things that, like, you know, I've, because I've, I've. I wrote a novel when I was like in high school and like, you know, I, I passed it around like to literary agents or I passed synopsis anyway. In the first couple of chapters, like the shit wasn't even done. I would, I had no idea what I was going to do. If some literary agent miraculously responded back that, yeah, send me the rest of the material, you know, <laughs> I would have not known what the fuck to do, but, uh, I got like, you know, a couple of like, you know, rejections, but I mean, in a way, I, those rejections really, they motivated me to kind of finish it, which I eventually did. And like, you know, it's, it's somewhere on my laptop. I'm actually working on a completely different novel now, but, um, it motivated me to finish it because I, I, you know, these rejections were actually kind of nice, you know, um, cause they're just like, you know, Hey, for your age, this is actually pretty decent, you know, and, you know, don't, you know, don't let my, you know, rejection, like, kind of stop you and stuff like that. And, like, these weren't, these were actually, like, you know, uh, I got some that were, like, just standard, you know, uh, run a mill, this isn't working for us, or right for us type, you know, generic responses. But it was the ones that were tailored. Like, the person actually took the time to, like, you know, not, like, the, the say no, but at the same time, give you a little bit of words of encouragement that mattered, you know? Um, and I feel like, you know, it's, it, again, like you said, it's the journey that is almost as enjoyable as the destination in a way. Like it, it's a lot of work, but like, even with now, like, you know, with culture of ignorance, it's just something that, you know, I've, I have time off work. I've just been like, just pour, pouring my energy in it. It's like, I'm actually really, getting into like the workflow and actually enjoying, you know, editing the videos and crafting, uh, the, uh, the scripts for the, uh, 
YouTube channel and like actually editing the uh, podcast audio and stuff like that. And it's just like, I'm building something, you know? And uh, it's, it's like you said, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's a matter of sacrifice. And like, I think, I think any, at the end of the day, I think it's worth more to build and sacrifice for something that you are personally building. Like if, like, like it's one thing to, you know, be a rapper, you know, but if you're going to be a rapper, don't just rely on a record deal. Like, you know, just there's too many rappers that are independent nowadays and making their own money and too many artists making their own money uh, to try to rely on exclusively, you know, just the major record companies. Same thing. Like, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how you would circumvent that with acting. I mean, I guess you would have to like, you know, rely on like, you know, the gigs that you get, but you know, in a way, uh, there's behind the scenes work that comes with, you know, uh, the, with the acting, you know, career that you can do. Uh, my friend, I have another friend, like, you know, she wants to be an actor. She went to school for four years to be an actor and, uh, she did more background stuff, you know, backstage stuff. She actually figured out she was, she had a real knack for it, you know? And, you know, I, I, my main thing is just like, you know, don't limit your options. Kind of just like, you know, just diversify what you're doing, you know? Yeah, exactly. There's that, yeah, that adage again, like, you know, eggs in the basket. Uh, what I wanted to ask you is with yourself, you know, you're, you said earlier, it's like, yeah, hey, I'll pretty much do anything for the bag. But I think every, so everyone's got their line somewhere in terms of where am I willing to sell my soul? Where am I not? I want to know for you if, if the idea is sacrificing the present pleasure for the future happiness or contentment or fulfillment of purpose, right? Or getting the bag, for example, where do you draw the line? What will you not do to get the bag? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's actually a good question. Uh, (laughs) Well, I think I would, uh, I I wouldn't do anything illegal, obviously, you know, Um, I think that's going too far. I mean, um, there's too many ways to legally secure the bag, in my opinion. I mean, there's shit right. that there's there's shit. That's another great question: is what's what what would make you break bad? You know, that's another one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I would have to be really desperate. Like, you know, I gotta feed my babies at all costs in order to even contemplate. You so know, we're telling like we're telling like corporations and serial killers like how to how to <laughs> pin us down psychologically right now. <laughs> so, like, right. You know, like, uh, yeah, dude. I mean, pretty much. I mean, like, it, it, like it's it's with. I mean, like, too. It's like you know. Um, I don't think I would do anything. Uh, like, because I think, like, for example, it, it's a, my personal opinion. Like, I think the internet is dominated by pornography. I think right. uh, it's. I think a They've lot got of. I don't, I don't have to put myself out there. You guys have enough. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. But I think I think it's something that like we're talking about. Like, what would you do to get the bag, or what would you do to? I think a lot of women just jump on porn, and it's just like, well, this is an easy way to get the bag, and I, I, I don't think they think about the long term consequences and like the real sacrifices that comes from engaging in a pornographic career because i mean like i mean we were talking about only fans in one of our last episodes and like the ramifications of that you know i think there are strong ramifications that comes with like you know putting yourself out there like you know 
uh, sexually because I mean it's like uh, it's there's a lot of stuff that you're going to from stalkers to you know uh, hurting your job prospects to like you know your kids friends at school stumbling upon your old material i mean (laughs) i mean there's just so much that that goes into that to the point where i'm just like i I personally think the age needs to be like 21 in order to start in pornographic films that's my opinion because i think an 18 year old is too fucking stupid to make that type of decision uh they don't have the foresight really to think they just think you know if i suck dick on camera I get a couple thousand dollars, and it's just—I mean, because I think did we talk about that? sacrificing present pleasure? I'm proud of them, man. But but they're they're sacrificing for their futures. I I don't know if we responsible, George. I don't know if we talked about this uh, off the record or on the record. I don't know. Do Do you know who Mia Khalifa is? Oh, dude, 100. percent Yeah. Okay. The twelve. She got twelve G's, bro, for sucking all that dick on camera. Wait, 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 wait. Is this whole the whole thing where it was only like, oh my god, I only got twelve thousand from all yes, of it? Her entire okay. career. Okay, bro. I bro, I read the the sort of opposition research to that, which was no, she got multiple millions of dollars. She's just talking about from a specific contract, was blah blah blah. But what it sort of boiled down to is I from what I've researched is that homegirl didn't read the contracts. And that's another thing. You know what? It's like, yeah. where does the present pleasure interrupt get interrupted by not doing due diligence? Oh my god! Yeah, it's like, it is again. It's just like you know, uh, and like you know, and maybe she did make a little bit more. But even if like you know, you're making that much amount initially, that's still that's still kind of and that's not that's that's like below poverty line. That's like, you know, I mean, like she she could have got a job at Amazon and being in like and, and did like, you know, and did better than that. I mean, because like it's it's and like you said, it's like, you know, where do you go off not reading the contract for something that serious? Like, you know, this is you are literally like, you know, uh, engaging in in sexual intercourse with, a, with another person on camera. And it's just like you're not going to read the fine details of that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And regarding yeah. like you know whether or not you make any royalties or anything like that, you know, it's like uh, that, it makes me go like they could have snuck in way worse. You're like, thank God it wasn't worse. You know, thank God, right? Thank exactly, God it wasn't worse. She didn't glance over something else, and then yeah. Well, I think uh, I don't know if she's making any money. I, I think she claims she doesn't, but I think it's basically like they own her image, you know, in a sense, like uh, the companies that they that she shot with pretty much like she could not she she hasn't done i don't think uh pornography for like years but they could randomly just put her on the front page or make a dvd with her out there and release it as if it's something new and they can keep doing this you know because she's still popular and there's nothing she can really do about it like it's like they essentially own your image like your entire body like you know is 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 theirs to do with as they as they please because you didn't read the fine that's, print. That's the messed up predatory part of the uh, the whole deal. It's like, yeah, I well, I mean, unless you know you want to submit into that, that then it's voluntary, of course. But yeah, I I was reading one of the contracts recently where it's like 
one of these managers reached out and they're like, we have the right to your image, you're this, you're that. I'm like, yo, you got to revise the contract. So it's only the things that I give you, only the things that you paid me for, only the sponsored videos that you're paying me for. That's what you have the rights to. You don't have the rights to this stuff on my YouTube. You don't have the right to the other TikTok videos. And I made sure to clarify that with her via email. Um, and she altered it. Um, so I've got, you know, just in case this does go to court or anything like that, it's like, it's kind of like what we talked about with the whole uncle Adams thing. It's not, if you leave yourself open to get screwed without repercussion, are you going to get screwed without repercussion? Actually, are you okay if I uh, talk about that one incident regarding your name? Yeah, yeah, you're talking about uh, the, the that, yeah that ra- yeah that random yeah. ass company yeah, came out and they they yeah, served your boy for cease and desist. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh okay. All right, so and dog, it does. It's like okay. Let me start at the beginning. I so there's this company called the Culture Doctor. I'm Dr. Culture. They wanted. They sent me this cease and desist. It looked all professional. It looked all decked out. Um. It, it looked all, you know, like, hey, you got to stop. Do- stop using the name Dr. <laughs> okay? And so it looked all professional and I was intimidated enough to change my name. Holy crap, dude. There's a UFO outside. Holy crap. Dude, there's a UFO. There's a UFO outside. Oh, for real? Yeah, right over LA. There's a UFO right now in the sky. Dog. Right here. Oh, it's a helicopter. It's a helicopter. <laughs> Yeah, I guess the aliens don't exist. So anyway, <laughs> all I saw was a giant glowing orb in the sky for a second. All right, so so okay, so this company, they um they, they have this representative um who tries to come after me with all that, and then so I changed my name and all that, but then they kept going further and now remove your banner, remove anything that says Doctor Culture, remove all this, and I'm like, you know what? I think this is a sign that I need to look into legal options. And as soon as I did, the lawyers immediately pointed out like, oh dude, this is ridiculous. First of all, they're in Australia. Second of all, so (laughs) this company came after me just to try to intimidate me, but that's just, it goes to show the law can be used in almost like an artistic sort of battle situation. Like even the things that aren't legal even the things that aren't the law when presented as if the law can have an effect. It has exactly, exactly. Go the name for a bit. I mean, exactly. It's a, essentially what, what they were banking on is sending you, you know, a a document with a bunch of legal jargon and you being intimidated by it enough to just comply with whatever they asked, you know, if this, if the lady hadn't sent a follow-up email asking me to do all the rest, I might be called Dr. Stoplight to this day. (laughs) Right. Right. It's like, uh, it's, it's cause like, again, it's just like, you know, and like, it's like, uh, I remember you sent, uh, I had me look at it. I'm like, you know, this smells like bullshit. And like my fiance, she, she did a couple of years in law school and she's just like, this is definitely bullshit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. Cause and like, there's, but there, there's, there's nothing stopping lawyers from doing this. Anybody can do it. Anybody can send a cease and desist letter. And I mean, it's, they're not exactly illegal. What she told me too, is that anyone can sue anyone. 
It's just once you actually walk up in front of a judge, that's where the story begins in terms of litigation. And yeah, exactly. That's why, you know, there's this there's this push by both entities to just settle out of court, you know, because it's much it's less of a headache for both parties to settle out of court because now you have like, you know, both parties having to lawyer up and pay the legal fees. And it's just like, you're not guaranteed the win, you know? Right. And exactly. Travis Scott has that line. Like even when you have the attorney stay out of court. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so like, you know, it's, <laughs> I just found that really interesting that, you know, this, in this company, like from Australia, just like, you know, just notice you and just said, Hey, Hop off our territory. <laughs> yeah, all right. Hey, get off of the Bobby. Get the hell off. <laughs> right. I, and, but like, no, and it's so fascinating because it's just like, again, it's like, you know, but it's like you actually took the time to read it and you conferred with other people. And like, it, it doesn't, it, it, it may, it like, you know, it, it maybe Mia Khalifa is, maybe, maybe she is like, you know, stretching the truth. But like, let's say that, you know, let's take her word and say that she did get fucking duped. Like, how did you sign these contracts and you didn't confer with anybody else about, you know, the, the terms, you know, you like, you didn't have a lawyer look at this. You didn't have anybody look at this or anything like that. I mean, cause like, again, this is like serious shit. This is your image. Like this is you sucking dick on camera and I'm saying we can do whatever we want with this footage. And it's just like, yeah. you know, uh, and it, oh no, it's, 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 it's really interesting. It's like, uh, it, I, 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 and like with people wanting to get to that type of status, it's like, uh, are you so hungry for the bag? Are you so just ready to start, you know, reaping the benefits that you're willing to just, just go ahead and just sign your name and not think about the contract? I think that's one of the issues with, uh, that's been one of the issues with rappers for a long time is that they just signed the contract and, you know, now, you know, fucking, uh, Interscope owns your, you know, they own your soul, you know, and they own your masters. They own everything that you're going to produce for the next five years and you have to pay them back. You know, yeah, I mean, they're going to give you like, you know, a, uh, an advance, but you're going to have to pay them back. So you're going to be touring for the next 10 years doing the same damn song you did, you know, five years ago. And it's like, uh, nobody thinks about that. Nobody thinks, uh, I think I talk about it in my, you know, video, uh, with a uh, Krayshawn on a uh, culture of ignorance about how Krayshawn was ahead of her time. Uh, she really was in it, but she got fucked over by her label basically because she didn't essentially read her contract. You know, it's, you yeah. know, it's, we own, we own your music. You have to do so many shows to earn back the money that uh, that we gave you, and you're gonna have to keep touring to keep you know yourself profitable because we're taking a risk by you know giving you a contract and investing in you. It was at that point you know that I I I wholeheartedly believe she could have gone and stayed independent, you know. Well, that's how good the contract makers have gotten is they've realized that there's a human inclination to sacrifice the future for the present. So what they do is say all this money up front, but you guarantee us your future. And that is way more tempting than do all this stuff now. And hey, maybe down the line, you'll get the money. 
You know what I mean? It's way easier for once you get that, once you get someone who's like, hey, you want to sign with us? It's way more tempting. It's like, it's way more tempting to buy Bitcoin when it's like, oh, I'm going to miss out. It's going up and up and up. But you make the actual money if you bought it when no one else, when it was just dying, when it was crashing, when it was at the, the bottom. And see, that's the thing is I learned my lesson back then from high school that it's like, if I get into the crypto, I'm not buying it when it's at the top. You know, I'm buying at least looking at chart analytics and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I think, you know, it's just, it's just so interesting, especially how cryptocurrency sort of ties into this whole thing is just, just like with the charts, you can never predict exactly what tomorrow will hold, but you've got a pretty good idea if you've done your due diligence. And I think the same thing goes for sacrificing the present for the future in general. If you've done your due diligence and when you think about it and you're sitting alone in those quiet moments or those moments in the shower and you think, is this worth it? If the present can only bring you what it can bring in the present, but the future, the impact that you have, the things that it'll give you later and the things that what you do will give the world later are far more valuable than what you might feel in the present. And again, even with all that said, it's like, still be present. Let's try to be present. But (laughs) I think we can't run out. There's got to be a balance. Yeah, man, most definitely. And um, I guess that's a good point to leave it off on. Um, So yeah, man, uh, we produce uh, episodes every Tuesday. Um, Can you tell everybody where to find you at? Uh, We got your link tree in the description, but like, where can they mostly find you? Yeah, perfect, man. Yeah. So my link tree is in the description. You could hit that up, find all the places I'm at. But right now I'm doing the most on TikTok. So just go ahead and look up Dr. Culture or Raymond McCarthy on TikTok. You'll find me right away. And it's a good time. It's a good time. Definitely check it out. And uh, yeah, George, where can they find you, bro? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm mostly, um, I'm working mostly on the Culture of Ignorance uh, podcast and the YouTube channel. Um, I also have a personal podcast that I also produce as well as a gaming podcast, but you can find all of the links to those in the, uh, in my link tree as well. And yeah, man, we'll catch you on the next one.